Hi guys, and welcome back to Freeman Sports Pod. This is episode four. Um, I know it's been a minute since I've posted one of these. Um, I made one a while back that I accidentally uh, deleted, and I've been planning to make one a few days ago when the NHL and NBA playoffs were still going on, but I never got around to it. Um, But I'm back, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about my thoughts on the NHL and NBA playoffs. I'm going to be talking about some key injuries on the Warriors, and I'm going to be talking about a ton of NBA free agency and draft predictions, because this is definitely going to be one of the more important and crazier drafts and free agencies that we've had in recent time. Uh, But enough from the intro, let's uh, get into it. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, because the majority of this is NBA, is the NHL playoffs. So first off, shout out to Sam Sam Schwartz. Congrats. Uh, I'm definitely happy the Blues won. Not a bandwagon fan or anything, but I mean, you know, Boston is the Celtics and they have the Red Sox and most importantly, the Patriots. They win a ton. So, you know, I feel like St. Louis deserved this and it was the nice underdog story, especially uh, because they were dead last headed into January in the entire NHL. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, they just played a really well, uh, well well-rounded series overall and Bingington stepped up a ton in that. I mean, I was a little frustrated, obviously, back when they beat the Sharks, but after they won that series, I was pulling for them for sure. I did not want Boston in that series. Um, That O'Reilly guy, he had a really, really nice series. He played really well. Um, I feel bad for Chara just because I know he's old, and it's kind of like a Thornton situation where they're getting late in their career, and it would have been nice to get a ring around this time. But if he does come back, Boston will go right back to contending. And it's not that I don't think St. Louis will, but I definitely think Boston is a much higher chance of getting back there, even with a more sacked conference where you have Tampa Bay, who I, I just don't know what happened to them. They're not a team that typically chokes or anything like that, so that was surprising. Um, and then as for the Sharks, we'll have to see. I mean, I think that they have the talent to get back there, but we'll have to see if Joe Thornton comes back, and we'll also have to see if they can get Carlson back. That's huge. Um, so yeah, that's all I pretty much have to say about the NHL. So now we're moving on to the rest of this podcast. So if you're not really into basketball, you're probably not going to enjoy the rest. So thanks for checking out to at least the NHL part. If you didn't want to listen to the NHL part and you just wanted to hear the NBA part, here it is. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the NBA playoffs first. So shout out to the Raptors for pulling it through, specifically Kawhi, and getting this title. Um, even though KD went down and obviously Thompson went down, it's still not an easy game to take when you're at Oracle, regardless of the conditions. I mean, unless literally KD, Thompson, and Curry are out, the Warriors are a tough team to beat. I mean, they have Draymond Green, who's great on defense, annoying on offense because he can't do anything and celebrates his one bucket, but that's a whole another story. Then they have Andre Iguodala, who always manages to wait, a way to hit every single clutch three, even though he can't make a free throw if his life depends on it. And Max Kellerman chose him over Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and KD if they needed three on the line, which I thought was just, as Stephen A. Smith would say, blasphemous. It's just so stupid. But not to get off topic. So, yeah. Um, Raptors played a good series. For those people that are just trying to instantly pin it on the Warriors having injuries, what you have to realize is the Raptors were the dominant team regardless. Even with KD going out there right out the get-go and playing very well, it was still a neck-and-neck game at that point. Then they started to, then the Warriors started to pull away, and then KD went down, which obviously sucked. But, I mean, they were able to pull out the win without KD on the road at Toronto, which showed that that wasn't an excuse. They were still good enough to get the job done. You can't just pin it on that. And I still think, I mean, here's the thing. On this, I'm pretty sure I said it on this podcast. I predicted with my unbiased one that the Rap, the Warriors would beat the Raptors in six. And to be completely honest, I think if the Warriors were completely healthy the whole series, or at least pretty much, like with Durant in for every single game in that series, I think they would have taken that series in six. But regardless, I think the way Toronto played against how much they outplayed them and with the injuries, they honestly should have won that series in five. 
But again, they got their one, and that's what matters. Very happy for Kyle Lowry to finally get that championship and stop having to take all the hate that he's received. Um, I saw a lot of people, including C.J. McCollum, actually talking about if he should be a Hall of Famer or not. And the reason why I think he should be is because he showed up in Game 6. I mean, he had their first 11 points or something like that. He had a very, very strong game. So, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, So now moving on from the actual NBA playoffs, we're going to talk about one of the teams that was in the finals, and that's the Golden State Warriors. So, obviously, the Golden State Warriors, it wasn't such an ideal. Sorry about that, guys. Um, So back to what I was saying, though. So I think the Warriors, obviously, it didn't turn out well, not just because they didn't win the finals, obviously, but the injuries that they had were brutal. Because with Kevin Durant having a torn Achilles and uh, Clay Thompson obviously ended up tearing his ACL. And also shout out to Clay for going back out there, out there to shoot the free throws and even try to run around. And he was trying to find out if there was a game seven, obviously, if he could even get back to that. Because he did tell his dad twice that he didn't feel a pop, which is why I think is interesting because he ended up obviously tearing his ACL. Um, but so, yeah, those are both pretty much year-long or at least 10-month injuries. So, I mean, I think the earliest either of them would come back would be March or April, maybe uh, I don't. I think that would even be a stretch, maybe late April or May. So it wouldn't surprise me if they both just sit out the entire season or they could easily just have Durant opt in and Clay sign a deal or they both just sign long-term deals and then come back late in the year if the Warriors are good enough to make a strong run for the playoffs. And I think the Warriors will still definitely get back to the playoffs. But if they're both out for the year, then I don't think they're getting past the second round. And that's even being generous. I don't know if they'll get past the first round, to be honest. Because Curry's talented, but just having Curry is not enough. Because, yes, they have four All-Stars, but Draymond doesn't really do much for you. He just feeds off of the fact that they have a ton of other great great players around them. Um, obviously, I feel bad for both of them. I mean, what the Raptors fans did to KD, as much as a lot of people can't stand him, and I'm one of those people, I respect the hell out of KD for the fact that he wanted to come back and risk everything to try to keep his team season alive, even, even with all the different places he could go to in free agency and the millions of dollars on the line. He went back out there, and obviously it's unfortunate that he got hurt. The one thing is, though, is it wasn't a calf injury, which is what they were preparing for, but what the medical staff messed up with on the fact, which a lot of people were concerned about hinting at, is the fact that, so what if it wasn't the calf? Like, when you have an injury to a part of your leg, it's going to make that leg vulnerable if you're not ready yet because your leg hasn't fully healed. So that, that whole leg in general is still weaker than it's supposed to be. It's just that specific part of it is also really damaged. So... I mean, obviously, a lot of the criticism they're getting, it's because, like, we now know what has happened. So if he hadn't gotten hurt and was fine and they won, then it would have looked like a great decision. So there's a bunch of back and forth on that. So, I mean, I defend their decision because at the end of the day, they can't force him out there. Unfortunately, to be honest, if there's anyone to blame, in my opinion, I think it's the fans' fault. I think he got a lot of crap about all the mistakes he's made, or not mistakes, just decisions he's made in the past that people didn't like, like obviously joining the Warriors. And people were upset because they think, oh, because he's going to go to the Knicks, that's why he's sitting out. He's not actually, he's not actually too injured to come back. And it reminds me, honestly, a lot like the Kawhi Leonard situation. Leonard decided to ignore it all and set it out, and it paid off for him. And unfortunately, since Katie's more of a sensitive and emotional guy, my guess is it got to him enough that he was like, you know what, if the doctor's giving me some, any sort of clearance, then I'm just going to go for it and say that I'm ready to go, even if I'm not. Um, so moving on from the injuries, I kind of just want to talk about the Warriors dynasty in general. So, I mean, they've had a great run. Team that nobody can stand unless you're a Warriors fan and you're probably bandwagon at that. But if you're not, respect. And, I mean, as someone who's a Chris Paul fan, obviously this dynasty has frustrated me greatly. 
Um, I don't think it's over. I do have to agree with Draymond what he was saying what they'll be back and that you shouldn't just doubt them, but I don't think they'll be the same yet. I mean, I remember Woes talked about that too, and I kind of agree with a lot of his comments. I forgot if it was on his podcast or on ESPN or something, but there was, or you could probably look it on YouTube where he discussed it. I would check it out. It was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, so now I want to talk about how this affects free agency, and then the rest of this video is pr- pretty much just going to be on where what I think about different free agents, the Anthony Davis trade, and the NBA draft. So I think I don't think it'll end up hurting KD much at all because he's just such a talented player that teams are going to take chances. The Warriors are willing to give him the money, and I think the Knicks will too. So I think it's ultimately that he's going to go to one of those two. As for Clay, I mean, I think this injury kind of just hints that he has to go back to Golden State now because they're more willing than any other team will be to take the chance because it's hard when you're not a team that's pretty much already set for greatness anyway to take a chance like that unless it's somebody like KD. So I just think Thompson a lot to go to the Warriors, and his dad said that he pretty much is too. Um, so now moving on from just talking about the Warriors and Raptors and um, the NHL, the one other player I'm going to talk about, so I'm going to get this on now, is An- uh, not Anthony, sorry, is um, Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, obviously it's going to come down to the Raptors or Clippers, and I don't know what Leonard's going to do, honestly, because like it seems like he has a great relationship with the locker room. He liked the team he was surrounded by. He enjoyed playing with Lowry. Obviously, they got the championship. But, I mean, and Toronto's not a bad market, but it's just L.A. It, it's the Clippers. I mean, you're in L.A. Obviously, it's not the more well-known of the L.A. teams, which would be the Lakers, but it's still a great market. It would be his team. He's around a lot of guys that work hard and that res- respect him, or he would be the guy he wouldn't have to battle with anyone at all, which is similar to what happened with the Raptors, even with Kyle Lowry. So I could see him going either place, and I don't want to really make a statement of which team I'll, he'll go to because I honestly at this point don't know. I would have firmly said Clippers had it into the Warriors series, but because of the injuries now, and them obviously winning it all now, I don't know. So now I kind of want to talk about the, uh, I'm going to talk about the Anthony Davis trade. So I don't think there really was a winner of the trade between the two teams. I think they definitely both benefited. I think in terms of value-wise, it's the Pelicans just because with the fact that the Celtics weren't willing to give up um, Jason Tatum, it pretty much made the Lakers their only option. So the Lakers definitely, I think, could have given up less and pulled it off just because of the fact that no one else really had a chance at that point because no one wanted a one-year rental like Davis, even though it worked for the Raptors, just because since Davis would probably be more valuable than Kawhi, because honestly, it's, I mean, Kawhi's better, but Davis is by far the most dominant big man. There are a few wings similar to Kawhi, and he's younger. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I think he's younger. So that's why that would steer teams away, but I don't know. For the Lakers' perspective, obviously now you have AD and LeBron, and they're going to have to go after Kemba Walker. I'm going to talk about Kemba later. I think that's where he should go, to be honest. I know he's trying to be a good guy and offer to take less money, but the Hornets have messed up so many times trying to build a team around him. I mean, their organization is just an absolute mess. You have Nicholas Batum on that terrible contract, Bismack Biombo, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I mean, they're locked into so many bad contracts, and for, I think, at least two years on most of those, so I just think he's got to go. He is as good of a guy as in it is, and as much as he likes playing for them and being in that area, it's just not going to work. But um, the one thing I know, so I don't think the Lakers should have given up the fourth pick. They that would have been a really nice asset to have because even if, let's say they get Kemba and then they have AD and LeBron, so they've got their point guard, their small forward, and then you could argue power force, they're probably center. So now because of that, you lose out of potentially getting a guy like. Darius Garland, if you wanted a point guard instead of getting Kemba and then go after Jimmy Butler or something like that. The center, I think they should honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing them, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go after DeMarcus Cousins, maybe bring him in if they can afford. I don't think they can afford both of them, though. So if they can pick, 
Honestly, I don't even think it'd be a bad idea to maybe go the DeMarcus Cousins route and then have drafted a Darius Garland. But now that they have traded that pick, I think they have to go Kemba Walker. So I think it's going to be interesting with what that now does to where Boogie will end up going because the Lakers probably would have been a smart decision. Maybe the Warriors bring him back. But since they said that they want KD and Thompson, unless KD ends up on the Knicks, I think they won't bring back Boogie. Um... But yeah, I think that makes the Lakers contenders, obviously, now. Like, not just like, oh, they'll make the playoffs because they have LeBron, but like legitimate title contenders, especially with how vulnerable the Warriors are. And the next thing I want to talk about, though, is the team that this hurt most. And I think the team that got hurt by most because of this is the Rockets. Because the Rockets have the right pieces. I think they can get the job done. I really do. I think that, and I'm not just trying to say that out of bias. And with the Warriors were the only team, in my opinion, in the NBA that could stop them. And now they're vulnerable. The problem is now that they have AD, the Lakers now seem like they're just going to be the new team for the Rockets to have to try to struggle with. But I think the Rockets could still take them down. But this was a killer. If you had gone out to the East, I think the Rockets would easily be the heavy favorite to come out of the West and maybe even be the heavy favorites to win it all. Um, so now I want to talk about some of the other free agents and then I'm going to wrap up by talking about a few teams for who they should draft. So DeMarcus Cousins, again, I think he'd be a great fit on the Lakers, but if they prefer Kemba over him, then I'm not quite sure. D'Angelo Russell, he's a very interesting piece. I would like to see him honestly go to either the two places I'd like to see him at. Cause if they're, if the Nets are getting Kyrie, then they're not going to bring back D'Lo, which it makes sense. It'd be a dumb decision to bring him back. Then you have two ball dominant guys. Neither one can defend well. It just would be a mess. But so I think D'Lo would fit really well on either Utah or the Pacers. Now, personally, I would rather see him in terms of entertainment on Utah. I just think it'd be a more exciting team for him to be on. But from the standpoint of that, I'm a Chris Paul fan, so I want easier teams in the West. I'd prefer him on the Pacers. But I think both of those teams would be really cool fits because then you put them with an athletic shooting guard on both teams and both can defend and neither of them have to have the ball. They like it, but they're okay with it. And they have other good big men around them. So I think they're both two similarly structured teams that he could work with. Um, then on Julius Randle, I mean, honestly, I think now that the Pelicans made the trade that they did, I think they should bring back Randle. Because then think about this line they have plus all the assets. At the moment, they have Lonzo at the point guard, Jeru Holiday at shooting guard, small forward Brandon Ingram, power forward Zion, and center Julius Randle. Like, that's a nice starting five plus whoever they take with their fourth pick once they trade it. And that's the other thing I wanted to cover. If they don't want to bring back Randall, then honestly what I would consider doing is Atlanta really wants to move up. I would try to trade the fourth pick away to get either 8 and 10 or 8 and 17 or 10 and 17 and try to get a guy like Jackson Hayes or something because that way you can get that center and then also multiple assets and that's what they're trying to build on because I don't even think they really need the fourth pick because I don't really, I mean, I think if they were to take someone, I would honestly go Jarrett Culver and then try to move something like that, but I still don't even know how that fit would exactly work to be honest with you unless... They would trade Drew Holiday, which they definitely shouldn't. Um, so the next part I'm going to talk about is Kemba Walker, who, again, I brought, I think he should go to the Lakers. I, I, he just deserves it. Another team, though, that I could see him going to, I don't know if it would necessarily work very well, but I think it'd be cool, would be to maybe go to the Mavericks. And then, again, two other teams that I mentioned before, I think if he went to the Pacers order, if he went to the uh, Jazz, those would also be pretty, uh, two pretty cool fits for him. Um, now, the next guy is uh, Nikola Vucevic, and I think this is an interesting state because the Magic are in a tough decision now. Like, they're going to have to decide, are they going to try to trade Mo Bamba, or are they going to and keep Vuce, or are they just going to try to go for Vucevic, and then if he's asking for too much, let him walk, and then maybe go for a different point guard in free agency or trade up to get a point guard in the draft. So I think that's going to be an interesting uh, situation. Then Chris Middleton, 
I mean, I think he's a guy who could explore other options, but I think he just fits very well in walking. I kind of just looked through some of the free agents that I wanted to talk about. Then Derek Rose, I mean, it'd be really cool if he came back to Chicago. I just don't know if it makes sense. I don't know where he'd go. I mean, I, again, I could see him at maybe Pacers or Utah. Maybe I could, I mean, I don't really know where else I could see him. Maybe go back to the Timberwolves. I don't know. I don't love that situation, though. So now we have Tobias Harrison. I think that's a guy who could be very interesting because there's a number of places. I mean, my place that I would love to see him most, I think, would make sense. And I know that I've been bringing this team up a lot, but I just think they have a lot of options, is the Utah Jazz. I think the Utah Jazz should let favors walk. And, I mean, can you just imagine this lineup? Who cares if they, they – let's say they just get some average point guard around Rubio's level or salary. So that point guard, whoever that is, then they'd have Donovan Mitchell, Ingles, Tobias Harris and Rudy Gobert. Like, that would just be an unbelievable team. And it would help for the fact that Rudy Gobert could cover Tobias on uh, defense because Tobias isn't a great defender. And then he could help Rudy Gobert's lacking offense. Because, yes, Rudy Gobert can dunk, but that's about it. And I think he'd be a nice fit there. Clay Thompson, again, I brought up where. So, Jimmy Butler's another interesting guy where I could see him going to the Lakers. And I think that'd be a great fit for the mentality as where he wants to win and it's tough and guys that want to work hard. I also could see him going back to Philly. I think those would be two great options. I don't think unless KD would go there, I don't think the Knicks are really an option for him. Honestly, I don't know if, I don't think they can, but Brooklyn has the space where they could. I think if he went to the Nets, that would be, I think that's where he would fit best, to be honest, because then if he goes with Kyrie, he would offset perfectly for the fact that Kyrie doesn't necessarily defend very well. And I know they just played the Sixers and this and that, but it'd be a great decision because they're also a young team that is ready to work hard and he can work there. I also could see the Clippers because I think him and Pat Bev would work well and the fact that they have that, I'm not just saying, they have that mentality and even Lou Will where they just want to be dogs out there. So I think that'd be a nice fit for him. Kyrie, I mean, it's inevitable. He's going to Brooklyn. I already talked about Kai, uh, Kawhi and KD. So I think that's going to have to do it for me for free agency and like my predictions and best fits. Um, so the last thing I'm going to talk about just a little bit is the draft. So, I mean, I think a lot of it's obvious at the beginning where it's just going to be Zion at the one, John Moran at the two, RJ at the three. And then it gets a little interesting just because of what the Pelicans do. I do want to talk about, though, for the Bulls, uh, who I think they should take. And I think there's three different guys they should consider, even four. I think they should go for either Kobe White or Darius Garland if they're going point guard. Or if they want a different option and they want to maybe try to trade away... Auto Porter or get rid of him or something and make a different move and go with him, maybe a shooting guard small forward, depending on where they would then put Zach Levine for the future. And I think Jared Culver or DeAndre Hunter would be a great fit. So I think one of those four would be a great fit. Honestly, I'm relieved that the Lakers and uh, Pelicans trade happened just because the Bulls then wouldn't trade to get Lonzo because I just, I don't know, I just don't want to see Lonzo there. I don't want to deal with LeVar and all that. I respect Lonzo, but I mean, the only ball I would ever want for the Bulls would be LaMelo Ball. I also briefly want to talk about, I know it's kind of random, but Apparently, there was a Bulls trade that almost happened that would have sent Chris Paul to the Bulls for, I think, Laurie Marketing and Chris Dunn or something, and it fell through. That would have been crazy. Because then I could have seen Chris Paul all the time. He'd be on the Bulls, which is cool and all, but the Bulls wouldn't be ready to win. So I'm kind of happy for both sides it didn't happen because the Bulls should not be trading Laurie Marketing for him as much as I love Chris Paul. It wouldn't make sense. But I think, I, I think Chris Dunn should stay on the Bulls just because he's not a starting point guard, but if they can get a guy like Kobe White or Darius Garland, and then I think Chris Dunn would be a very good guy to have as a six-man or just back up point guard off the bench. That's one of your main options off the bench to run a bench unit. doesn't mean he's not a capable starting point guard. I just think he belongs as a very good backup point guard, and he would thrive a lot more in that kind of role rather than struggling in the starting role and not getting much involvement. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to pretty much do it for Episode 4 of Freeman Sports. So please either text me or DM me on Instagram or Snapchat me 
whatever you want to do. Just let me know or even comment on this and please leave a like. Let me know if there's anything you want me to change or add, anything else you want to talk me to talk about. For those of you who have been asking about baseball, I mean, I can try. Maybe I'd get a guest that knows more about baseball talk with me because I don't know much that I feel like I could give much confident information or takes. Um, if you have any requests, because the NBA draft and free agency are obviously getting closer on some certain specials, maybe to go more in depth or explain how different situations like that could go, or maybe even do a mock draft and record a podcast talking about like a mock draft that I could put out. I could also do that or some draft night trades I could see happening. So yeah, just let me know if you have any ideas or comments on what I should change or keep or any future things I should add. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, please take a listen. Please spread the podcast and, uh, yeah, have a good night.